Welcome. This is the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture project, initiated by the European Commission. Here we will share insights, best practices and know-how from experts across different fields on topics relevant for the design and implementation of European Capitals of Culture. In the framework of the project, InterArts has organized a series of academic camps in collaboration with the delivery teams of LFCNA, Chemnitz, Vevsprimbolaton and Timishwar. In this episode number 22, we'll hear more about the experiences of the team in Chemnitz. I'm Anne Kurzweg. I work with Chemnitz 2025 since the second Bitbook phase, and I'm really happy to be part of the team there. I've been in the bidding process. I've been involved in writing on chapter one on the contribution to the long-term strategy. Right now, I'm responsible for monitoring and evaluation mainly, but also the whole strategic development and orientation of the program and project as a whole of the process. How did I get involved? Well, I uh, I come from the region of Chemnitz. It's a very close to my hometown. And I've been working in San Sebastian 2016 after I finished my studies. So I have experience in European capitals of culture, at least in one, <laughs> working there. And I think it's a useful experience for Chemnitz. I'm Pascal, Pascal and Selmy. I also work for Chemnitz 2025, not so long as Anne. I just joined last year. And my part of this story is the capacity building and also quite recently the start of the program development. I got involved right after we won the title in 2020. And I got a call because if I want to join the interims team that was founded just right after the title was won. And I got involved because I worked earlier in the State Department of Performing Arts in Saxony. And I also live since 10 years now in Chemnitz, and I know the independent scene quite well. So I was asked to join the team and work in the fields of the capacity building and also the program development with the local actors as well. I would say that Chemnitz is a special city. It is definitely one that is not very on the European map, let's say, not very visible. It is a medium-sized city, just a, a city like there are many in, in Europe. It's in Central Europe. It's supposed to be a Western European city, but it, it definitely has this Eastern European past, which you can still feel and see today in the city. You can see it in the architecture, but also the social architecture. <laughs> it's It's in the in the experience of people, it's in the memory of several generations already now. All this process of transition also after the 90s. We, of course, have this monument of Karl Marx, this big head, which is very visible in the city and a marker of identity somehow has become, <laughs> although it's not even anymore related to its political meaning or ideological meaning anymore. Karl Marx gave his name to the city during GDR times because it, Chemnitz was selected as a model city for industrial development in the GDR. So it deserved, it earned the name of Karl Marx City, Karl Marx Stadt. After the reunification of Germany, it regained its original name of Chemnitz. 
it feels sometimes like a, a small place being still a medium-sized city and it has some edges that yeah maybe you don't feel welcome when you come into the city or it's a bit not a beautiful you know idyllic historic city center so because it was basically wiped out with with world war ii but it has some edges that make it really sympathetic somehow this is quite interesting to be honestly because this city was Karl Marx city but Karl Marx was never in this city <laughs> he never he never been there and this was a title given by the political party in by the socialist party in GDR times so this was kind of this project city as a socialist project city and you can see those different times everywhere within the city not just the GDR but also the second world war you can see because there are whole districts where the, the houses are missing because this is still from the bombing. And then you see the old buildings from the 19th century that are really nice. And next to them are the socialist buildings that were part of the rebuilding of the city. And you see all these different times in the city as well. And also those changing times have something to do with the social structure of the city and also to do with the demography of the city. And all this plays a role how this city is shaped now as it is. And this makes it really interesting to go through it. And it's, but as Anna said, also Chemnitz is a tough laugh. <laughs> it's not the most likable city on first glance because I had this experience myself. I came here for studying and at first it was like, oh no, I don't want to be here. And also some artists that came to Chemnitz last year, they all tell the same story when they come for residency. The first week or the first days, basically, what is this gray city <laughs> and where are all the people <laughs> and how can we spend the four weeks here? How terrible will this be? And afterwards, <laughs> they don't want to go back because they fell in love with the people and they fell in love with the city. So it's a tough love, but it's a quite a lovable city. Related from the starting point somehow, which was the elaboration of the cultural strategy in about 2017, where a focus was to be put on opening spaces, creating new space for culture. And in the first bit book, Chemnitz said, okay, let's, with the European Capital of Culture title, we would make a move towards opening the minds of people and, and bringing in more creativity and uh, widening space wherever possible for culture to happen. And with the Bitbook 2, there came quite another shift, which was actually also related to what happened in August 2018, which was all over the news and internationally, it really damaged uh, the image of Chemnitz. It was related to, to the stabbing of a person next to uh, the city festival by two migrants, which was picked up by the right-wing scene as a motive for massive demonstrations all over the city. And it was shocking because many thousands came in the questions of a few days, a few hours even, came to Chemnitz. And the images that were created in those really broad streets that Chemnitz has, it, it was uh, quite impactful. The jury actually criticized on the first bit book that we had not taken into account those events. and. There was a deep thinking process and a, a reflection needed actually for the second bit book, what it meant, and not only for the European Capital of Culture, but for the city and, and for its development and what culture would have to do with that or could do. There were different aspects 
it obviously shows some separation in the society. It shows some concerns of parts of society that are that are not being picked up. What was also a shocking moment in these demonstrations in August 2018 was that so not only the right-wing nationalists or extremist activists went to the streets, but also normal people, let's say, the people that you would, would say are not active politically, usually, and they went to the street together. So we said, what, what is going on there? What concerns are there in society and people that are not usually being active politically, that they now go together with right-wing extremists to the street? And that was the whole idea of going back and saying, what can we do with this need of expression or the need of activity, also of getting active? Is there no other way that we can use this or that we can respond to it? And that is how this maker concept came up. It really relates well to the industrial past of the city. There were a lot of inventors in the really, let's say, brilliant times of Chemnitz. And there still are, just <laughs> maybe uh, not so well known, but there's a lot of interesting inventions coming from Chemnitz. And the area, there's this whole history related with the ore mountains, with the mountainous area, the mining area that was deeply related to this industrialization process in Chemnitz. There's a specific mentality, if you want, that has to do with pragmatism and just going with what you have, inventing things, uh, thinking with your hands. <laughs> we also marked that, which was reinforced maybe during GDR times when there was not so much uh, material and resources as we have now. You just use what you have and, and went with it. So we said, okay, let's link to that mentality, to that ability and see what happens if we if we connect to this part of people, to that creativity that actually everyone has and maybe just doesn't show it or is not aware of it. And what if we used it to bring together people in a new way across yeah, differences that are of political nature or other nature? So that's the European makers of culture and democracy. As Anna said, there's... Also, there's the makers of culture and democracy, but there's also this topic of see the unseen, like Chemnitz the unseen, but also seeing the unseen. It basically means that the city is full of so far untold stories. For example, like the Chemnitz stories are not seen or this typical stories that were only created here in this area. This not only means the GDR times or the socialist times, I just run over a, a project from our cultural program partners that are telling the stories of guest workers or contract workers from Vietnam. They worked in, in Chemnitz on the whole GDR, and they are part of the society here that is not actually seen, like in an actual way, and their stories are not told. So they made like theater productions, and now they make really, really cool comic app where they told the stories of a child that grew up as a daughter of those uh, contract workers and what it means for them to grow up in Eastern Germany, which is also a bit different from growing up in Western Germany as a not white kid with a migration background. So this is different. And this is also a story that has to be told. And there are loads of those stories in many different ways. Also, like Anna said, the design from Chemnitz is really special and was made in the GDR times that It was really durable in a way of these things actually work forever. Like you have people going with their motorbikes 
that are 40, 50 years old and the 16-year-olds are still driving those bikes from their grandparents and they were designed here in Chemnitz. So they are really, really long-lasting and they also have a classic design. So they are still nice to look at. So these are the stories you want to hear. But also you want to tell those stories in Europe. It's not just a regional thing that we should tell those stories here in Chemnitz, but people all over Europe shall hear those stories because they are worthwhile. And the other way around, also Chemnitz shall see the unseen to hear all those European stories in Chemnitz as well. Because Chemnitz is also part of the former Eastern Bloc. And we share a similar story, not the same story. This is where the special connection to Czech Republic, to the border region, to Poland comes from, but also the other former Soviet states that we share a common history and we should tell this history, but we still have to discover this story. So maybe this ECOG can be a bit, a little part of telling this story. And this is just a, only a few of those unseen stories and things that are part of this ECOG. See the unseen is the motto of our European capital of culture. And it refers to, it's written with a C for C because it's C like Chemnitz. It's like the invisible city <laughs> on a, in a European term. But it also refers to see the unseen people, listen to them that maybe haven't been listened to in the past decades, which is related to some wounds in that sense. And it's also related, of course, to the unseen stories, but also unseen talents and discover this creativity within each of us. The biggest challenge has been right now, I think, to set up the, the structure. Maybe it's not a challenge. It was just the, the first necessary step. And usually things sound easier than they are being done. So there's always some complication. In the end, it's a really big project that is completely new in the city. Nobody has experiences with, with that sort of project. And it combines the local, the Saxony state and national level which is a collaboration of a new kind also in the city. I think that was quite successful. We have now this structure, it, it's going, and we're now in the staffing process, which has its own challenges. And we always wish that it would go faster somehow <laughs> to have more manpower to attack all the different tasks that we have to manage in the coming years. But also there, I'm quite confident that we're quite good on, on track. We're really looking forward to now getting new team members in the next month and next year to start working more intensely on other tasks uh, in different areas. One of the biggest challenges has been, I guess, from the beginning, uh, the topic of digitalization, because we realized that the European Capital of Culture title could be a brilliant tool to make an impact in the city in all different areas and organizations. So from our project partners to the city administration and so on, it really needed and changed there. But it is challenging to get a grip on it. That's why we also chose it as a topic for the academy camp, just to get some ideas and some debates on how we could start tackling that topic. For me, the first big challenge was a big elephant in the room the last two years. It was the pandemic situation. So... We won the title on with the whole city in lockdown and we came out of this lockdown 
think half a three quarter of a year later. So there was no point at which we could actually celebrate this winning of this title in a proper way, like bringing all the people together, have, have a glass of wine or juice or and have a little barbecue or something like this and just gather around because you want to be close to people and you want to want to celebrate this amazing title. And this was unfortunately not possible. So this is something we were lacking, but other ECOGs had more challenges with the pandemic situation that we are hopefully, fingers crossed, leaving in the past now. And another challenge, but it's not a challenge in a bad way. I think it's a challenge in a good way, is that our program partners from the Bitbook are immensely diverse in any sense you can imagine. Of course, we have to figure out how we can get all these projects on track and make them possible, but not in a way that we just do the program on our own or bring people from outside. We want to have our program partners do the projects themselves. But they all have different needs and they have, because they're coming from different departments, they're coming from different sectors, they are having different levels of organization. We have like big state institutions that are set up, but also have other challenges themselves. We have young grassroots organizations and you can't treat them all in the same way, but you have to treat them equally and fair. And to build this progress in a maker sense that is suiting all of, of their needs, this is challenging. But I find it myself a really interesting work we're doing right now. And we want to listen to them as well as to figure out how we can help them and support them in a way. When the proposal was made to us to host the Academy Camp, InterArts also came with a set of proposals of topics that they had identified in previous studies. And uh, digital was actually not included. I think it had something to do with that it was created before the pandemic. And of course, the pandemic just made it so much more relevant in this whole topic. Uh, we were really happy to to find that we can work together and redefine the, the topic of the academy camp and turn it into digital. Because what we also did prior to the academy camp was just a quick survey amongst our project partners to see what their biggest capacity building needs would be. And digitalization was actually one of the aspects that we saw that was really important to make a step. And of course, also from the side of our organization, it was really interesting to see what path we could open up to work. So that's how we decided the topic. The experience of the Academy Camp was really very positive. It was a challenge maybe to involve all the people that we would have liked to involve in these debates and in this sort of training at this stage where we were at this point with project, with the European Gallery of Culture. The team was still really small, for example, and the collaboration really had not started with the project partners on their projects. But still, it was a very good starting point to get us thinking to actually start some dialogue on this topic with our project partners and get a feeling for what we could do, where we could go and you know where we stand and what it could take us. So it was a very good training. My experience in the academy camp was challenging at first because I was really quite new to the team and the structure was quite in the build-up. 
So to set up and organize those workshops were a bit challenging because we were working on our side on everything on scratch. So this was a bit challenging. And also for our partners, it meant to understand what this ECOG actually means and what this academy camp would benefit to them. So it was quite an exploration, to be honest. And this is the good part, because for me, it was quite a learning by doing. For me, it was understanding the needs of our partners by this academy camp, by the things that work well, things that didn't work well. So we got some honest feedback out of that. So we knew how we should develop uh, the program together with our partners in the future. So this was good for me. We also got some quite some nice speakers on those sessions, which we want to work uh, further on in the next years. Because we've got out those topics, the academy camp is not enough, even though it was quite some time we spent with them. But we have to dig deeper. It was just an exploration. It was just an overview. But now we have some ideas where we can stick around longer and where we can dig deeper in the topics. And we also have some people that are quite good in supporting it. It feels like joining a family when you start working in a European capital of culture. I guess because it's a whole new setting. Even if you have maybe had the chance to work in, a, in another European capital of culture, it is never the same. It is a completely different city, a different setting, a different context, different people, of course, that you work with. And it also is always an exploration. You learn so much. It's a really big learning process for everyone who is involved. And that is difficult sometimes. And there are these ECOG family meetings where, where the teams are able to meet and yeah, they finally find someone who, who is alike, who is in a, in a similar situation and understands what everyone is going through. I think these European Capital of Culture projects are so big. They are incredibly promising and you can do so much there. It's, it's really passionate work that you do there. But of course, it comes with all the uncertainties of jobs you have never done before. Maybe you don't know how to approach a certain task or it's just challenging that you have to involve not one or five people, but maybe 15 uh, different perspectives to start working and find a direction where it can turn out well. That's also the advantage of it. And that's why I think the feeling of getting into a family <laughs> comes up. And uh, yeah, I think the, the ECOP teams, they support each other quite well. Uh, we exchange, for example, best practices, what has worked somewhere and can give you some idea, inspire you or what, what has failed is also interesting learnings. Yeah, of course, you build relations that will probably last beyond that year and remain as a legacy for the city or for the organizations that are in the city. Being in this ECOG family or being in this sphere of other ECOGs and other ECOGs teams being in the future or in the past was quite good for me to orientate myself because when you're new to a job, you usually you can ask former colleagues or you can ask friends or somebody else. But at least in my network, I had, didn't have anybody who worked in an ECOG before. So there were those other ECOGs and their teams that were quite eager to 
the first two months of my work were basically, okay, let's get a Zoom call. How did you do your capacity building? Or how did you work on this problem? Or what was your point of program development? And this is the, the common thing. People say it's always the same. ECOG is the same. And it's always the same mechanisms. But of course, it's not, at least not in our case, because we talked, I had in mind, three major ECOGs I had conversations with that had quite different approaches to at least my questions. I could choose which I found the most fitting for Chemnitz. But of course, then you just don't take it and copy it because you have to make it uh, workable in Chemnitz as well because something that works in another country might not work in, in Chemnitz. Not even things that work in the next city in Saxony or in Germany work in Chemnitz. So the city is quite specific. And the work that we are basically doing since one year, over one year, is to figure out what worked in other cities, what is working well, because we don't just want to use our Chemnitz tools, we want to use the European tools. But of course, we have to make it fit, because something that works in, I don't know, in Portugal, or that works in, in France, or Sweden, it's, it's a completely different country, it's a completely different population. So we have to figure out what are the similarities, what are the differences, and what works and what does not work. And there are similar approaches, but there are also quite specific uh, ways to adapt it to a Chemnitz or to a German cultural landscape. With this Capital of Culture, I really would like to see our cultural partners in the city that I know some of them for over 10 years now, as a guest, as a friend, as a colleague in, in different positions, I would like to see them and their program, their business, their companies, their production, everything to flourish in a way because they had hard times, they had tough times in the last years and all of them are great people and they're doing such an amazing work. And I really would like this ECOC to help them to get on another level or on level that they really would like to see them, their program and their ideas will flourish, not just in 25, but also in the next 10 to 20 to yeah, forever times. On the other side, I really would like to have the city of Chemnitz and its population because it's quite an old city. People tend to move away and are not so proud of the city. And okay, of course, this thing with pride is always a difficult topic, but that people are coming to the city, see it as an opportunity to actually start a living and start a family in, in this city. And that people are, that are young and grew, grow up in the city decide to stay here or come back. This tendency of moving away is stopping in a way. I would really want to Chemnitz citizens to think differently about their city, even maybe about their own life somehow. And it's not not just Chemnitz, also the, the cultural region. Citizens just to feel more positive about their city, to have a different sort of self-consciousness, a bit more proud of what the city is or will be and what they themselves can do for it also. Chemnitz people, but also Europeans and whoever comes to visit the city or hears of it somehow realizes that it can also be a really cool place and that maybe it's a bit strange, but nice things are happening there, really interesting things. 
and that it's a place where you can try out things and you can discover maybe some side of your own that you've been wanting to explore for a while, <laughs> be it as a tourist or when you live there. I think it would be interesting to come to Chemnitz because people can experience here things that they have probably most likely not experienced before in that way. And I don't mean specific cultural events or expositions. Yeah, okay. But we have really some projects that are as interesting for visitors as for citizens themselves because they are about creating creative communities, as we call it. A good example, I think, is the, the Project 3000 Garages that will probably start somewhere next year to be really developed. The idea is to open 3000 garages and just show what is going on there, because actually we think there's a lot of people, a lot of stuff going on. Maybe it's, it's people fixing their bikes. Maybe it's an old couple building toys for children, but it's also showing, uh, let's say, a mentality. It's giving access for visitors to understand Eastern European mentality in Germany, like somehow in representation of, of Europe, of this European essence, maybe of feeling as a European community. But it also gives this opportunity for citizens to be really proud of showing what they can do and who they are, and they can both connect. That's a bit of the magic of this project. If you would like to come as, as a tourist or want to visit Chemnitz, you should do it if you want to try and figure out something new, to find something new. And if you actually want to explore a city, a region, and also people that have not been written about in your ordinary travel blog or in your ordinary uh, Instagram travel page, because Chemnitz 2025 is not just the, the city, it's also the, the, the whole region, the Aura Mountains, also the border region to the Czech Republic. And this is such an interesting area for people to explore and program, but people also that you would not find in another region at all or at these touristic places. So this is really, really new. This is coming up and it's really, really interesting. I think my passion for this project comes from this feeling that you can really change something with culture, with the nice tools of creativity and connect people in a different way locally on European level and do something, give this value to culture to really connect people. My motivation for this whole project is quite a personal one. It's also from my growing up because I grew up in the in, in between Chemnitz and Leipzig, which is the eastern part of Germany, on the quite rural area. And I grew up in the 90s and early 2000s. And I always felt like this area is somehow lacking in a way, because you had this the struggles after the reunification. Then you have, because the GDR was also seen as the second Germany and the second best Germany in a way. And the uh, the industrialization of this region. And then you also have this right wing problems also in the rural areas, but also in the cities as well. And I was always really unsatisfied with this state of the region, but I was 
also really passionate about this region because because you can see the potential. It's actually it's a, such a nice area. It has nice stories, and the people are most of them are the really really interesting, cool, and good people you want to work with and you want to explore and you want to live with. And to not be unsatisfied with this, but or and leave the city or leave the area because you can I could move away. It's, it's easy. I can. But I wanted to work on that this state is not being in this state that it, I experienced in the 90s and, and 2000s. And of course, the ECOC cannot change this. And my little, little role in this will not change the, the big thing. But maybe I can work on a little, little brick in this huge, huge wall and to make it a little bit better for yeah, the people coming after us. What now is interesting, because we are still right early in the development of this ECOC, will be how this path will evolve in the next years and what will work, what will not work, because there will certainly some things not work out and what we can learn out of this. And it would be really interesting to have this conversation we have right now in a year or two years or in four years, because I think they will be really different. <laughs> but gives me a lot of excitement how all these things will evolve in the next three, four, five, six, seven, ten years. In terms of legacy, one of the, the biggest points that we can reach basically is this capacity building across society, really. As Pascal said, everyone is learning a lot and we have a chance to build capacity and build competences in all different spheres. But of course, it also goes beyond that. And we have the, the cultural region. We expect that with the cultural collaboration in the projects that we, that we will carry out, until and in 2025, we lay the base or the groundwork for maybe a, a regional cultural strategy in the future, which is a very interesting development for like a regional development. But of course, the relations also will change uh, of the local cultural scene with the German cultural scene, national one with the European one. So all these networks that are coming up, that will be an important legacy. And digitalization, like new experiences, at least there and, and some experiments that will be, yeah, I'm confident that that will take place and that learning there will take place. Of course, also there's in, in like creative hubs that are coming up now that are being built or developing with the local community around it in the city as well as in the, in the region. So that if they are created now in a way that they continue to function independently of the European capital of culture, then that's a very important legacy, especially in the region where the problem of young people moving away, for example, is even more severe than in the city. We hope to create new jobs there in CCIs and in tourism in the region, in the city, create new perspectives for creative talent and generally. We're right now working on this legacy. When I'm looking back one year, I can just figure out how much I have learned in this year and how much the the organization has involved. And Anna even has a more a wider horizon on this and can probably say the same. This is what makes me really excited, how this will change even more. And looking back then and maybe listening to this podcast and what we said at this time, this will be interesting. 
yeah, the legacy building, it's this is the most important thing. We are basically not working for 25, even though it says in the title, but we are mainly working for 26 and maybe 35. So this is actually where the aim is. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture Project, initiated by the European Commission. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us again next time for more.